I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. For the past several Sundays, our readings from the Gospel according to St. Matthew have been centered on Jesus' parables. First, there was the parable of the sower, then the parable of the weeds and the wheat, and last week, we got a whole bunch of parables all at once. The mustard seed, the yeast, the pearl of great price. Jesus used these parables to teach us about his vision of the kingdom of God. Each of his parables began with the familiar, the kingdom of heaven is like, and then he completed his thoughts with a short, memorable description. Of course, we know that even though his parables appear to be short and simple, they actually contain deep truths about God and how God relates to God's people. That's us. The parables expand our understanding of God by using what is known to us to explain the unknown. Jesus was a big fan of using parables, and in fact, parables make up about a third of his teaching in the New Testament. But in today's Gospel reading, we turn from hearing parables to hearing about a miracle with Matthew's vision version of the feeding of the 5,000. Now, miracles, for better or for worse, can be a little less convincing to us hearing them in the 21st century than are the parables. Because to our enlightened, postmodern minds, people just don't walk on water. Water usually doesn't turn into wine. And five little loaves of bread will certainly not feed a hungry crowd of thousands. But still, stories of miracles were very common in the ancient world, and not just within the Christian circles. And by keeping these stories of Jesus' miracles present in their lives and customs, his early followers remembered him and honored him as they tried to share his good news with others. This particular story we heard this morning, the story of Jesus feeding the multitudes, is often seen as the most important miracle that Jesus performs during his earthly ministry. It's the only miracle of Jesus that's included in all four of the Gospels. Matthew and Mark like the story so much, they include it twice, with slight variations. In one version, Jesus feeds 5,000 people, and in the other, 4,000. So that means that in only four Gospels, this story appears six times. So maybe there's a little more going on in this story than just a hungry crowd of people. Each Gospel version presents the same dilemma. Crowds have followed Jesus out to some deserted place to hear him teach. When evening comes, it becomes clear that people haven't really come prepared. There's not enough food. People are hungry. And the disciples only have a few loaves of bread and a couple of fish. And the disciples don't know what to do. In some versions, as in Matthew's today, they suggest that Jesus should send the people away to fend for themselves in the nearby villages. And in some versions, like today's, Jesus turns to the disciples and tells them, you give them something to eat. 
Now the disciples knew they had no possible way to feed those hungry thousands of people on their own. But when they turned to Jesus and brought him what they did have, everything changed. There are even subtle hints to this transformation in the gospel text itself. When Jesus went away, he went to a deserted place. But that original Greek word for deserted means barren or desolate. It was a wasteland, a desert. However, right after the disciples presented Jesus with their offerings of bread and fish, Jesus told all those thousands to sit down on the grass. And again, the original Greek text reveals to us that it's more than just a lawn. But what had once been a barren wasteland has become a feeding place, a lush green pasture, an agricultural field. You give them something to eat. It's at the heart of this miracle message. Jesus is saying those words to us today just as clearly as he said to them to his disciples on those once deserted shores on the Sea of Galilee 2,000 years ago. We call ourselves Christians, followers of Christ. And there's a hungry world out there. This hunger is both spiritual and physical. And although it may not look like there's enough bread to go around, the miracle we heard retold this morning teaches us that, in fact, if we open our eyes, we will see that there is enough that God has already provided enough bread to feed every last person on earth. It just depends on how you divide it up. And as is usually the case with God, there's not just enough food to go around, but there is an abundance, 12 baskets full of leftovers. Like his many parables, the miracles that Jesus performs during his life are more than just mere party tricks. His actions and their consequences provide for us a window into the divine, where we may see behind the scenes, if you will, how God works. The miracle we hear today may seem simple on the surface. Jesus is able to magically multiply bread and fish. But if we look a little deeper, it's really a parable about how we can see the world through God's eyes. Is there enough to go around or not? What does it mean to share this world that God has given us? What kind of people are we going to be? Those who share, or those who do not. Now, both Matthew and Mark drive this point home by providing a little context to this miracle story. In both of these Gospels, the feeding of the 5,000 is directly preceded by the story of Herod beheading John the Baptist. Now, the connection between these two stories may not be immediately clear, but here is how Mark and Matthew tell it. John has been in prison for some time, 
for accusing Herod of adultery with Herodias, his brother's wife. Herod throws a feast for his birthday, inviting his rich and his powerful friends, and Herodias' daughter dances before Herod at the feast, which pleases him. He tells her she can have whatever she wants in return. She asks for John the Baptist's head on a platter, and Herod gives it to her. The news of John's death is actually what drove Jesus to go away to that deserted place in the first time. Now, Herod's feast was exclusive, a private gala for the rich and powerful, and it led to death. Jesus' feast on the shores of the sea, on the other hand, is inclusive, a community picnic for the poor, the sick, and the oppressed. And it leads to life. When we take the gifts and blessings that God has given us, given all of us, and share them with our neighbors and those we don't even know, we are reenacting Jesus' seaside picnic. Just like on that day, Jesus takes our bread, our offering, our love, blesses them, breaks them, and shares them with all who are hungry. And he's calling us to do the same with our lives. Take the blessings God has given you, break them open, and share them with others. Jesus is calling us all today Come to the feast where no one goes hungry, where there is bread and joy and life for all.